Good evening, folks. Good evening, America. In this week's episode, we'll go ahead and look back on our weekend observation on week 13 in the NFL. We'll also go ahead and talk about the power rankings in the NBA and what we saw. And of course, the committee has decisions to make as the college football playoff looms upon us. The Sebi Podcast Radio Show, live inside the studios at WNSC. Back here in 10 seconds. Let's get to it. This is Sebi Podcast. Back again, the Sebi Podcast Radio Show inside the studio Z, inside the studios at WNSC. My man, my ride partner, Mike Gray, again. And Mike, it's always a pleasure to have you here. Oh, uh, I know you're pretty cold out there in the DMV area for sure. Oh, Sebi, this weather is terrible. Oh, my goodness. I've always been a warm guy, I've always catered to the warm rather than the cold. I never really like being in the cold weather and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's getting freezing up here. You know, we just got a little bit of snow. It, it, it's getting bad. So, but um, but um, we, we all go. You know, we know how to adapt. We're we going to adjust to the uh, situation. Knowing how to adapt and morph into something is always good. But you might just be in the wrong state. You got to come out here. You know, Sunshine State, Floridian, it's, it's like a peninsula. It's like an island every year. Hot year-round. You got to worry about the humidity, of course. But... You might just be in the wrong state, Mike. Yeah, man, it's crazy, crazy. Spoken like a true Floridian, is they right there, Sebi? It's, it's it's certainly like you know our hat is not your hat. Like I remember, I remember going to college with a few uh people from Florida, and they used to tell me I, I used to think 80, 80 degrees was hot. They'd be like, that's that's not hot to us. We used to have <laughs> it's not hot to us. stuff like that. So when you got temperatures exceeding a hundred degrees and ninety degrees, and then you sweating. <laughs> that's that's hot. <laughs> oh yeah, I believe it, man. Yeah, it's, yeah, we we don't get nearly the same amount of heat as y'all do. So yeah, the standards is different out there. Standards is definitely hot out here for sure. It is scorching a lot. And speaking of hot, it starts with our topic for today, and that starts with the NBA. We'll start off right off where we saw this week. We want to talk about hot. Nobody scorching hot than the Milwaukee Bucks under the superstar phantom of Giannis Antetokounmpo. This guy, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Bucks have won 12 straight. They haven't missed a beat. Even without the services of Chris Middleton. What the Bucks have done with Mike Budenholzer, Mike, is just unbelievable. Now they've taken the top spot in this week's power rankings. 17-3, and three, number one in the NBA thus far. Tied with the Lakers, of course, for that spot there for sure. But the Bucks, Mike, what Giannis and the Bucks are doing, can this be sustainable moving on forward? Yes, it absolutely can be sustainable because Giannis can't be stopped. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing defenders can do with Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, he continues to, you know, score at will. And, and Sebi, he's not really doing it with much skill. 
he's he's doing it with straight domination and uh, aggressiveness and trying trying to get to the basket. And when you know he gets double team or triple team and swarm the defenders coming to meet him at the rim, he has knockdown shooters uh, to kick out to, you know, and they're, they're doing an amazing job. Uh, his supporting cast has has helped him out a lot. I was so I was very eager to see how this Bucks team was going to look this year with the loss of Malcolm Brogdon. I thought that was going to be a, a big struggle for them. I thought they were going to, you know, I thought it was going to be hard for them to fill that void and fill those shoes. But, you know, they 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 boded well without him. And, uh, you know, Brooke Lopez is stepping up. Uh, they they still have Connaughton, George Hill, guys like that. They're really stepping up and making big-time plays. And, you know, this yes, it's absolutely sustainable because Giannis, Giannis isn't going nowhere. He's going to continue to go, continue to grind, and continue to work and continue to put up these big-time numbers because he's just one of the most unguardable guys in the league. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely unguardable. I'm going downhill, and there's nothing you can do about it. It's just remarkable to watch what this guy has done there for sure. Obviously, the three-point shot and free-throw line is a concern moving on forward. You can hear the hacker, <laughs> a kumpo or hacker freak, um, but this bodes well for them. And last night against the, the Knicks, although it being the Knicks, they had nine guys in double figures. Mike, can you believe that? Yeah, they did, man. It's a, it's a collection of players that spread the ball around. Mike Budenholzer does a great job with that system and getting everybody touches and, make, and making sure guys hit their shots. And, you know, when everybody's hiding, when everybody's rolling and they're playing within that style, there, there, there's, some, there's some shots that could be had. And they've been playing great. And that was just one of those games where, you know, everything was clicking for them. Yes, they were clicking in all cylinders for sure. Speaking of clicking in all cylinders, just before the Mavs beat the Los Angeles Lakers, although they dipped from one to two, but that's not a big dip. Um, they're now 17-3. and three. Obviously, their 10-game winning streak was snapped under the hands, of course, of Luka Doncic at home against the Lakers, but they've still been red hot. This is a team in the Lakers. They are top five in all offensive measures, in all offensive categories. LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, there aren't enough superlatives to, to to talk about these guys. They just continue to ride momentum. And now the others, Mike, are starting to pitch in. The Carusos, Danny Green, guys off the bench like Kyle Kuzma and Avery Bradley. Now all of a sudden, these guys are trying to bite in, in a huge addition of Dwight Howard where he's been a paint presence. So the Lakers are now at two. And then, of course, the Toronto Raptors, Mike, no team made a bigger jump. Then the Toronto Raptors, eight to three. They're third now. They're 15 and four. That's second in the NBA, as in best records. Pascal Siaka, Mike, has probably earned himself an all star game, you know, starting position. This guy's been unbelievable 25.6 points per game, about eight and a half boards. He is pretty much what Raptor fans miss from Kawhi Leonard. He's just slid in that role and just been. Big time for them. So the Raptors now, they're also with the Bucks. They're top five in defense, top five in offensive efficiency. Uh, that's something that bodes well for Nick Nurse, who's I think is an incredible coach. He doesn't get a lot of love because they're stuck out there north of the border. You got the Clippers that fall into fourth and five with the Mavs. Those two teams didn't slip. Any problems this week with the top five? No, I don't. I have no problems with the top five this week. I mean, you know, the, the Lakers had the Lakers dropped only because Milwaukee's on fire. Uh, you know, like you said, I'm I'm glad to see that Toronto is starting to get the respect that they deserve because they've just gone on a tear. You know, the the, the they played some heavy competition and they rose to the occasion. You know, you see Alcum, like you said, he's not only is he putting up monstrous numbers, but he's doing it at, at such an efficient rate that is it's it's really shocking. It's 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 a pleasure to watch because 
you know, the, the, to think about where this guy was two years, two seasons ago, and to look at to where he is now, coming off the most improved player of the year last year, I mean, and a championship, you could just tell his confidence has skyrocketed and it's manifested throughout the rest of this team. I mean, even Fred Van Vliet is putting up big-time numbers. Uh, th- this team is, is, a, is a team with elite depth. Uh, Adenobi is there. there. Nick Nurse has done a great job, and they're just riding that momentum from coming off a championship win. And who knows, man, did they if they continue to play like this. They're a team that, that needs to be a, a, a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. But, yeah, I love the Clippers jumping up as well because the Clippers have, ever since Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have come back, they've definitely asserted themselves and starting to show how lethal they can be as a threat as well. So I have no problem with this with this list from 1 to 5. No doubt as well. Luka Magic, of course, a huge signature win, probably the most signature win of the season thus far, beating the, the Lakers in L.A. for sure. But um, there has to be saying something for these Raptors, Mike, because – now you're in trouble. This team is already unbeaten at home. They're 10-0. Mm. They're going to be tough to be at home. That's Scotia Bank Arena. I mean, they're the only team in Canada. So, obviously, they've got the entire nation behind them. You got the president, Massey Ajiri, is an exceptional GM. And, of course, Nick Nurse is, is, doesn't get the credit and the dues that he deserves. And so, you got Pascal Siakam, and you've got a nucleus of players that are around them as well. They've inserted Van Vliet as the starting point guard because of the absence of Kyle Lowry due to injuries. And this is a team that you're going to have. <laughs> this is a team that's going to be a force to work with in the Eastern Conference for sure there. Um, let's talk about some stuff that we saw in the NBA news. Mike, James Harden, he dropped 60 and three quarters. Yeah. Man, oh, man. Man, oh, man. Sebi, that's a bad point. That's a bad brother, Savvy. I mean, that's you know we're starting to see the uh, the, the similar you know usage rate and the numbers that we've seen with James Harden in recent memory. But Savvy, I really like the fact that he didn't play in the third quarter. I mean, in the fourth quarter. Excuse me. I really like the fact because that tells me that Mike D'Antoni and this team is thinking about the future and then I think about the present. Last year, James Harden put up monstrous numbers, and we've seen it over the course of the last few years. Him being Houston, putting up monster numbers in the regular season and being gassed out by the time the playoffs come around. You know, not, not playing James Harden in that fourth quarter showed me that they're really thinking about uh, making sure that he's right for the playoffs and thinking about the long haul of the season, not doing, not just the regular season. But, I mean, that 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 60-point performance was special. I mean, he was hitting shots from all over the place. The step-back three was on fire. Seppi, when that step-back three is on fire, forget about it. Just yeah. forget about it. They ain't got to worry about defense. There's nothing you can do when that step-back fire, when that step-back three is on. When it's on, it's the most unguardable shot in the league. And he he put it to display in that game. And look for look for more big-time numbers for James Harden the rest of the season. We're we just getting started. Yeah, we're just getting started for sure. Mike D'Antoni doesn't want to exhort his superstar player down there in Houston for sure. Talk about what Carmelo Anthony has done for this Trailblazers team thus far, Mike. Carmelo Anthony has done nothing but show everybody why he's one of the best scorers of our era. Carmelo Anthony has come and bought a, a, a rejuvenated life for this Portland Trailblazers team. I mean, he may really have been the missing piece they needed. I mean, obviously, they have one of the best backcourts in basketball with Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. But they, with their struggles early on in this season, they needed that third guy to help, help spell them for the time being. And Carmelo Anthony can be that third guy. And he's been that guy that, uh, to help them rack up some wins so far this past week. I mean, you know, this past week he's averaged over 22 points. A game, and that's that's special for somebody 
coming into the season who hasn't played in almost almost about a year, a year and some change. So, you know, Carmelo Anthony has brought a, a rejuvenated lift on this team. They are, these these players they respect him. They 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 love they love the type of player he is, and uh, he's you know he's motivated. He he's somebody who's he he's been hearing all 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 season and all year long about how you know he's washed and he's not he can't play in the league anymore and all the doubters. So he's he's more he's motivated more than probably anybody in basketball to prove them wrong. And he's gonna be be the best teammate he possibly can be in Portland. And all, he's off to a great start so far. Definitely, they're probably the two quietest teams thus far that's making shockwaves right now. Not a lot of people talking about them, the 14-5 and five Miami Heat yep. and also the 12-7 and seven Indiana Pacers. Yes. And those two teams, what do you see, Mike? And those two teams, I see two teams that will that just have a, a physical and a, a culture about them that is intact with everybody. You know, with the Indiana Pacers, they started off the season very slow. I believe they was 0-3 or 0-4, if I'm not mistaken. But then they picked themselves up and won 12 out of the last 15. It's been, it's been a special run for them. They, they, they've shown that, you know, Malcolm Brogdon has gotten more uh, fluidity with this offense. And, uh, you know, guys like Sabonis are stepping up big. It's, it's, it's a special basketball club. And when Victor Oladipo comes back all the way 100%, oh, man, this is a team that's going to that's gonna scare somebody in the Eastern Conference. And for the Miami Heat, you know, they, they just have a, a, a toughness about them. Pat, that Pat Riley mentality has, has worn down all the way to the players. And uh, but even before Jimmy Butler came back, this season, we saw how how good this Miami Heat team was, and ever since he's come back, he's fit in the offense well. He hasn't tried to to do too much as as, as the best player, but fit well in within the system, and he's found his role. And they, they have guys that are just contributing on on both sides of the ball. They're fourteen and five now for a reason, and they they deserve the position that they're in, and they've they've earned it. And these are two two dark horse teams in the Eastern Conference that 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 are that are definitely on everybody's radar to look out for. Definitely there. The Pacers are returning, are hoping for the return of Victor Oladipo. Meanwhile, you see with the Miami Heat that that culture has trickled down from Pat Riley to the players. And yeah. Eric well, I think we found out, Mike, Eric Strosser can really coach his butt yeah. off. Even post-Wade and post-LeBron area, this guy can really coach his butt off. But this was our... NBA segment for this past week and let us know what you think folks and let us know what you think any comments concerns or requests or remarks as well that you may have for us moving on forward on the following episodes but wait because when we come back Mike we turn and shift gears to our weekend observation we shift gears to the other sport the NFL and if there isn't a lot to talk about there might not be room tons of stuff to talk about we'll be <laughs> back here inside the studios of WNSC the Sebi Podcast radio show on WNSC Radio. And my breaking news, we'll get to this later on, but the college football playoffs, they've been revealed. Only one more week after this, Mike. One more week until the committee makes their final selections for the college football playoffs. Things are getting gritty. Palms are getting sweaty. We'll get to this later on, but... Nothing has changed in the top four, but Utah slips into that top five and Oklahoma at six. And, of course, Nick Saban's Alabama Crimson Tide filed all the way to number 12. So we'll get to that later on. I know <laughs> we got a lot to talk about that one, Mike. Yep, yeah, for sure, man. It was a, it was a great game on Saturday. Uh, it, was just a, it was a tough loss. But, yeah, we definitely got a lot to talk about with that one. For sure. From the collegiate game, we go to the pros and – there was a lot of stuff that we saw, but we have to start off in Thanksgiving because 
what we saw in that performance. We thought that the Cowgirls, the Cowboys, my NFC East division preseason winners, that they would be good. And they would make it all the way to the NFC title game. That was my predictions. But I think Mr. Josh Allen had other thoughts, didn't he? What I saw was a a competitive, aggressive football player in Josh Allen. Josh Allen is the type of quarterback I would want to go to war with, that I, I would love to have as my quarterback if I was still an offensive lineman playing. The, he's, he's like, there's certain plays I could point out from that game that just epitomize what a leader and a, a quarterback is. On that fourth and one play, Sebi, when they fumbled the ball and he picked it up through the crowd and not only tried to dive and get the first, but he got the first and he dragged a couple a, a cowboy defender for a few few four yards. That's just, it's just special heart and tenacity right there. Uh, you know the emotion that he shows after scoring big touchdown runs and things of that nature. Uh, he, he's a he's he's more he's more accurate than people gave him credit for. He can use his legs to get out get out of uh out of out of trouble if need be. This this is a special football player. You know he still has to work on some of his mechanics and still has a lot to improve. Only in his second year, but this is a special football player, Sebi, and this is a special football team. This is one of the best defenses in the league, top notch. You know, giving up that, giving up the seven points to Dallas on the opening drive, did the Buffalo defense. But ever since then, they, it was it was pretty much a, a a lockdown session for the Buffalo Bills. You know, Tre'Davious White had a very solid game. You know, the, the defensive line, you know, with Shaq Lawson and those boys were getting. They got pressure. some players, Ed Oliver. Oh yes, yeah, sir. Ed, and Ed Oliver. They got pressure on Prescott and forced a couple of turnovers that really uh, uh, stifled this this offense mentally. And, uh, and 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 the the bills the bills just capitalize it and they just look like the better overall team just a total team they look they look more prepared on that Thursday night football game they look like they were motivated to prove that they were really a for real football team and uh, you know they kept hearing all the noise of oh we haven't beaten anybody oh this that and the third they haven't been. but they have eight wins and now they have nine wins because they continue to play when who's on their schedule and they continue to work and take game by game you heard Josh Allen after the game he said look. He said, uh, we, 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 we won one game. We got the nine, which means that every week they got we got the one. We got the two. We got the three. They take it week by week, and they now they've got the nine wins. They take it win by win, and that's exactly what they've done. That's the mental approach that winners take, and it's worked for the Buffalo Bills. And, and that's what we showed. That's what they showed on uh, Thursday night and Thanksgiving in, in Dallas. Yeah, that, that, that's right. I, I see two teams here, one with an identity, the other team doesn't. Yep. We know what the Buffalo Bills are. They want to smash you in the mouth. They want to play exceptional defense, which they did, and they got some dogs on that defense. But not only that, Josh Allen, 6'5", 240. <laughs> he looked like the second coming to Joe Montana. I was – I this was eye-opening to me, Mike, because the Bills doesn't – they don't really get a lot of national televised games, and so – with the national stage getting a chance to see what Josh Allen and what this offense can be with their running attack with Singletary. I think he's going to be very good for a very long time, especially learning behind a Hall of Famer like Frank Gore. And then the weapons that they have outside. I think this bodes well for this Buffalo team. And then you look in the Dallas equation, you can't understand this team. They're 6-6. Six and six. They started the season 3-0. and oh. This is a team that's supposed to run the football play exceptional defense the line of scrimmage is where the pointy attack and how this team was built on and you haven't seen that 
So those are some great weaklings moving on forward. This is huge for the Bills now. Nine and three, you look up, they just keep winning, 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 winning. You can talk about the cupcake schedule, but you are what your records say you are. That's what right. the great Tony Dungy said. So right. moving on forward, this bodes well for the and Buffalo Febby. Bills for sure. And Sebby, not only that, with the Patriots loss uh, on Sunday, the Bills only one game back, and they play the, they play the Patriots one more time this season. We're yep. winning that game. They definitely just put some more pressure on the Patriots because that division is not wrapped up just yet. Yes, the division, the AFC East, uh, also we call those AFC East. All of a sudden, might be the AFC Beast because now these teams <laughs> are fighting into it. The Bills and the Patriots are neck and neck. We're only one game behind. Speaking of a beast, um, there's a guy that plays in Tennessee. He wears number 22, and he's just a sledgehammer, isn't he? Oh, he sure is. He's, he's one of the top running backs in the league, and he has to be in that conversation given the, the quarterback play that he's had throughout his career compared to other running backs. Derrick Henry is special. I mean, he was like that in college, Heisman Trophy winner, and he's carried that momentum into the end. Yeah, definitely there. Uh, Derrick Henry is just a ferocious back, and um, and the fourth and one was the game, that, 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 that point where it was 17-7, the Colts, and then fourth and one, Mike Vrabel said, we're going to hand it off to number 22. And that's pretty much what I think all they wrote because Mr. Derrick Henry had bad intentions on this play. And now you look up, Mike, all of a sudden, obviously, the Pittsburgh Steelers winning a nail-biter against the Browns. Now they're 7-5, and five, and now the Tennessee Titans are 7-5. Huge division when anytime you can beat your division opponent on the road. That is huge for a team that is looking for success. And the Ryan Tannehill experiment is working. He's game-managing. He's getting the ball to Corey Davis and, uh, and others, and they know how to run the football with um, – Obviously, Derrick Henry behind that great offensive line led by Taylor Lewan. And you look now, the Tennessee Titans are a team that's knocking on the door to get that last seeding spot in the AFC playoff picture. They absolutely are. And right now, they look like they're knocking on the door to possibly win their division. I mean, this team right here has surprised many of us because many of us didn't expect Ryan Tannehill to be playing football right now. I mean, you know, Marcus Mariota, he just wasn't getting it done. And they they had to... They had to make a desperate change, and it's, it was a, it was the right change because Ryan Tannehill has given this team hope and uh, um, uh, confidence. Because you know, for your defense, it's one thing to have a top defense, but when your defense knows that your offense isn't going out there and is going to continue to get three and outs and not being productive and not putting anything on the field, then it, it gets into the psyche of the defense, and they wonder how much do they have to do in order to uh, to get a win week by week. So now you have somebody like Ryan Tannehill who puts up, who help, who help puts up points and can secure that that opportunity for them. And now this entire team, this entire team is is is, is riding behind that, and is they're they're riding the coattails, Sebby. Not many team, not many people in the media are talking about them. Not many people are giving them their credit. But right now they're they're riding they're they're riding under the radar and they're making big time moves. And uh, that was a big time win to get on the road in Indianapolis and. This Tennessee Titans team is uh, it has the potential to possibly make some things happen in the playoffs, depending on who what the matchup is. 
Yeah, definitely there. Anytime you can score on offense, defense, and special teams, <laughs> it bodes well for you. That's what they did at Indianapolis last week. We, of course, the game of the week was the Ravens and the 49ers. Lamar Jackson against that nasty front, that vicious front that the 49ers have, led by the four first-round rounders that they have on there. It was a great game. Obviously, Debo Samuels, he was a guy that really jumped off to my TV watching him, just how electrifying he was. A very gutsy game. I came out in this game, Mike, saying that the 49ers, to me, are real. They had to go cross-country. The time zone is three hours ahead of you from the East Coast to the West Coast. You're going into Baltimore. There aren't any moral victories. But to be able to neutralize Lamar Jackson, uh, an offense that was putting up 35, 37, 40, 45. I mean, to only neutralize him to 17 points was huge. But at the end of the day, one team has uh, Justin Tucker, and obviously the other team doesn't because he kicked this game when he said that. Your thoughts on this game, Mike? It was a beautiful game, Sebi. It was a physical football game. It kind of reminded me of the, the type of football games that we saw back in the day, you know, when, when the rules were, were a lot more uh, uh, were, were a lot more open than what they are now. But um, it, it was it was a physical game. It was a game of two. You could tell these are two even football teams. They went back and forth and traded blows game for game. Every time when San Francisco went up, you thought they were going to take momentum. Baltimore came back, tied the game, took the lead. San Francisco comes right back, ties the game. And then you got Baltimore looking like they're getting ready to take control. Then they, San Francisco forces a turnover. It's a, it was a back-and-forth football game from two evenly matched football teams. And these are two very similar football teams that like to run the football, Sebi. Number one and two, respectively, in running the football this year. So it, 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 it was a, it was a dogfight. And uh, it, with the inclement weather, it, 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 turned out, it, it turned out to be an even better game. Then, then the weather would have would have had it, but um, one one guy had one team has Lamar Jackson, the the other team doesn't, and Lamar Jackson was a big difference in this game with what he was able to do, running with the football with his legs, not not much passing, but you know the the San Francisco 49ers pass defense played pretty solid, but you know once again Lamar Jackson showed why he's one of the one of the rare revolutionary multi multi dimensional quarterbacks we have in this league, and you know he he helped carry them to victory, especially on that last game winning drive. One note to bring about this game, the Niners might be on a record pace on their pass defense. I think the record is like uh, what the 85 Bears did, only allowed in, in passing yards. They're only allowing 140.3. That wow. would be an NFL record. And Lamar Jackson only threw for 105. I mean, this pass defense is actually really good. And it helps to have a front four that can get home because obviously you get a lot of those covered sacks. But we're finding out that this Niners back in is good and they're not just good up front. So that's something to keep an eye out for sure. But the difference is even if Lamar Jackson throws for 105, he had over 100 on the ground. I mean, this guy is unbelievable. He is a rare breed. You don't you don't find these growing on trees. It's just unbelievable what he's done. This is eight straight for Baltimore. Now, all of a sudden, with New England losing, they get that top seed in the AFC playoff picture. Yes. New England being at two. So all roads now might have to go to Baltimore rather than Foxborough. And, and and we'll see how that goes there as well. And then obviously we had a dandy last night, of course. The Seattle Seahawks and the Minnesota Vikings. 
I, it was it was a great game, Mike. I mean, obviously Dalvin Cook going out uh, in mid third quarter wasn't big good. big loss. It was huge loss for them. But you know, Minnesota going to the West Coast, going against that twelfth man. I picked them to win, but of course, it came down under the shoulders of Kirk Cousins. He did bring them back down seventeen in those two fourth quarter drives. Things got cold, but it ended up on a fourth and three. And obviously. ball game the Seattle Seahawks now all of a sudden Mike with with the 49ers losing and uh at Baltimore and obviously the Seattle Seahawks having the win against them they flipped from the two seed to the the fifty to two seed obviously the Saints beating them head to head made them slip to the two seed so now if you're if you're the Niners you're saying all these great wins that we started all off all of a sudden how we go from two to five so uh, this is huge, dangerous, doing dangerous things. And that's probably the best quarterback in the NFC if you're looking for a guy uh, within Russell Wilson's skills. Yeah, he's, he's playing phenomenal football right now, and he has this team rolling. And uh, you're absolutely right. And, and Sebi, it's funny you bring up New Orleans because guess who San Francisco has to play on this, this week? New Orleans. So it, it's one of those situations where it's like, That's wow. huge, Mike. That's and, a huge game. A, in New Orleans, Sebi, oh, it's big. Oh, it's huge because, you know, San Francisco, and, it, and by, by default, could easily go go to be ten and three by the end of the season and drop from five to who whatever because the competition they probably facing two of the top five teams in the league the last two weeks with Baltimore, and New Orleans. It's it's one of those situations where yeah, it's like it's it's tough because. Yes, you're playing so well, but when you look around the league and you look at the other teams in the NFC, they're playing as elite as you are, you know, with the New Orleans is, with the Seattles. They're up there running with you, running the gunner right there with you. So it's like, you know, you have to continue to put your foot on the gas pedal and you have to win some games in the regular season that, that where you're probably not playing your best football or you probably are an underdog to win. You have to win those big-time games uh, to, to help put you over the hump because – the competition for San Francisco is big time this year. They, I'm not sure that they expect the other teams to be on this level that they are right now, but it, it, that's just where they are. And, you know, that, that overtime loss, Sebi, to the uh, Seattle Seahawks at home could, could prove to be the biggest game of them all because that was a game where San Francisco was spearheaded with injuries and still almost found a way to win. And, um, you know, they still have one more game against Seattle for the division, but that that, that, that could be – uh, one of the biggest losses for them this year. And, you know, just finding a way to win these close games and, and against big-time matchups, that's going to be the key for San Francisco. But it's tough. It's tough when you look across this, uh, across edge of competition, Sebi, and you see they're either neck and neck with you or have a game better than you and you're 10-2. That's Yeah, that, that's and, and Mike, here's <laughs> another thing. In the NFC, if you're not – you can't be 7-9 and nine or 8-8 eight and eight and think you're going to get in in a wild card. This NFC – yeah, uh, it's, it's really tough. I mean, yeah. you got teams that are neck and neck out of two losses. It's going to take a team no more than only four losses or five losses to get in. Yep. If you're if, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles looking at five and seven or and trying to end the season 79, you're not going to get in. This nope. NFC playoff picture, it is star-studded with great teams. And these playoffs, especially in the NFC, is going to be really good uh, for there. But you look at the Minnesota side of the picture equation, where do they go from here? Obviously, they still got the division in play. 
uh, they always say that you want to play when your division. So um, they still got that in play against Green Bay. But the 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks still got to play one more game in Seattle as well. So one team can go to the fifth seed. The other team can go to the two seed. Besides the Niners, they can go all the way to the one seed. But what do you make of this? For the for the Minnesota Vikings, I see them continuing in the grind, continuing to work. I mean, they're still in a great position to possibly win this division, and they're also still in a great great position to get into the playoffs. They just have to take advantage of what they, of what control what they control. They got four games left. Uh, you have, you have to continue to win out in three, and then you have another big game coming up against the Green Bay Packers. They have to win that football game, Sebi. They already lost to the Green Bay Packers earlier in the season at Lambeau. You have to protect your home turf this year. You have you have to win this win this game on the road, and that that might be the deciding factor, possibly in the division. They're depending on where things match up at the time, but that's the that's the key game for them to let them know whether or not they'll be hosting a playoff game to start the playoffs, and they won the division, or they'll be or they'll possibly have to uh, grab grab that wild card spot and, and get a get a wild card game, the first playoff game on the road. So and they have a big game coming up against Green Bay. And that's going to be that's probably going to be the, the deciding factor uh, for the fate of their season. Yeah, definitely there for sure. That's a Monday night game, week sixteen. You'll see Aaron Rodgers going to the Purple Monsters in uh, Minnesota there for sure. There as well. Other key things that we saw. Obviously, this was a crazy week in the NFL. The Dolphins oh, yeah. with that trickery beating the Eagles. <laughs> now they're five and seven. New England falling to Houston. Uh, against the hands of Deshaun Watson and company, and also Patrick Mahomes lighting up the numbers against the Raiders. Uh, I think they're done, Mike. So, any other things that stood out for you this week? Yeah, definitely the Pittsburgh Steelers. They 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 stood out to me. I think, and I, you know, I say I bring up the Steelers every week, but I have to because this is just it's it's amazing to me what they're doing, what they're doing. Uh, like they have their third string quarterback, Duck Duck Devlin Hodges started started this weekend. You know he 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 had a, he had a, he started off slow, but he picked it up uh, later on towards the game. But this defense, Sebi, deserves all of our praise, all of our credit. What they're doing right now, as far as carrying this team, they started off 0-4. They won seven of their last eight games. Right now they're seven and five, with the opportunity to still get into the playoffs at a wild card position. I don't know if they'll catch Baltimore with the division the way Baltimore's playing right now. I think they're rolling. I think they're on to on too much on too much of a high road. But what this Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin is doing with this team is absolutely special, and he deserves our praise and our credit. That's that's one of the biggest keys that stood out to me throughout the entire week was the fact that this Pittsburgh Steelers team continues to find a way to win games with their defense and their physicality, and it's, it's special. I mean, we already talked about Ryan Tannehill, the Tennessee Titans. They were one of the big teams that stood out to me with uh, beating the Indianapolis Colts on the road in a big-time match over both of them were, you know, 6-5 and five and – and trying trying to figure out who's going to be atop the division, but the Tennessee Titans for sure definitely showed out to me and, sh- and showed what they can do. And I, I'm not gonna lie to you, Sebby. I got one more team for you. you ready for this? Sebby, the Washington Redskins, man. That's right. These That's Washington right. The Redskins. hometown I gotta, team. I, you I can't forget about the hometown team. I have to show love to them, Sebby. They, I'm not gonna lie to you. That was a big win in, 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 against uh, the Carolina Panthers on the road because the Panthers are still playing for something. They still have something to play for. So going to Carolina and getting that win, Darius Geis with that crazy stiff arm having a great game. This, this Sebi, I'm not going to lie to you. This Redskins defense is better than advertised. They have a player on their defense uh, that's playing some of the best football at his position, and that's Quentin Dunbar. Right now he's the number one rated corner in NFL, and 
And when you look at their record, it, it kind of mind, it kind, it's kind of shocking to you. But at the same time, when I watch them play consistently throughout the, the year, he's been one of the most consistent corners in this league, and he's been playing like a top two or three corner all season this year. Uh, Quinn, he stepped his game up tremendously, and uh, I, I've been I've been uh, proud of what I've seen as far as his growth. And uh, I got to give show love to this Washington Redskins team. Dwayne Haskins is two and two. He's won his last two games, and uh, we'll see how he finishes out the rest of the season. Yeah, the Dwayne Haskins era, obviously starting out in D.C. there for sure. A lot Talking about the Carolina Panthers, they've been in the news everywhere. Obviously, Josh Norman against his former team, that was a huge narrative in that game. But also Ron Rivera, the coach that led Cam Newton and that team to the Super Bowl back in 2015, is officially fired now they're looking to turn the page. They have Perry Fuel, defensive coordinator of your New York football giants. That's interim, Mike. So I know you're excited with them having an opportunity to get a chance to coach the Carolina Panthers on defense there for sure. Now being the head coach there as well. So speaking of the Panthers, they have to go this week to the Falcons. And that starts off, Mike, week 14, our week 14 pickums. We'll start off on Thursday. Obviously, the Pac. Cowboys and Bears played on Thanksgiving, so they got to play again on Thursday. It's only right. Both teams getting um, the same week. Nobody getting an extra day. So you got the Cowboys in Chicago. This is tough, Mike. I'm tired of <laughs> taking the boys. They were my pick to win the NFC. They got to go to Chicago, an indoor team playing an outdoor team in December. That doesn't bode well for them. It's going to be cold, rugged. It's the last time I choose the Cowboys here. I'm going to take them on the road. If they <laughs> they screw me again, that would be the last of Jerry Jones' team. But they give me the Cowboys on the road. Give me the Cowboys on the road as well. But I'm like you, Sebby. I'm not too confident in this pick. I'm not, I don't like how the Cowboys have been playing the last few weeks. They look mentally un, – they, they look uninspired. They look unmotivated. They, they look like they lack confidence. They look Like you said, they lack an identity. They don't know if they want to be a running team or they want to uh, dominate through the air with Dak. I mean, I, I'm, I'm confused about this team. But I'm going to pick them anyway because talent for talent, they are better than the Chicago Bears, and uh, they should win this game, and this is do-or-die times for them. I mean, you know, you heard about Ezekiel Elliott talking about it's been chippy at practice the last uh, few days or so, and, uh, they, and they're extra motivated. I mean, <laughs> at 6-6, six and six, I don't think you really need to be that much motivated. But, you know, at the same time, I, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys one last time like uh, to possibly win this game. Definitely, for sure. Here's a good one. Lamar Jackson takes his trip to New York, but not New York that you know. They're going to Orchard Park north of New York against the Buffalo Bills. So yep. you got 9-3 and three Buffalo versus 10-2 and two Baltimore. This is interesting. Um, poof, this is this is tough. But you know, Mike, I'm actually going to do it. Give me the upset. I like the Bills at home. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is a human joystick. This guy is unbelievable. He's going to get uh, uh, his yards, but I think Buffalo has the defense to neutralize things, much like what the Niners did, holding Lamar Jackson to 17 points. I, I think if they do that, they're at home. I like the crowd to get into it. Give me the Bills on at home. Give me the Bills at home, Sebby. I actually agree with you, and I think this is one of those situations where uh, the Ravens are playing the wrong team at the wrong time, at the wrong place. If this was in Baltimore, I would go with the Ravens, but because they have to travel to Orchard Park, play in those, in those conditions, and also play against this defense, who is going to be motivated to hunt down Lamar Jackson. And uh, I just think this is an opportunistic defense that's going to make plays and make things uncomfortable for this offense. And uh, give me give me the Buffalo Bills as well. I, I think they win this game at home. 
Yeah, they win this game at home. Ten days to prepare. They played in Thanksgiving. Yes. That may help them for sure as well. You got the Colts going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay, they've won two straight, Mike. Um, and uh, they were <laughs> they were a team that I didn't pick last week. I had the Jags, and they definitely put a beat down on the Jacksonville on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Excuse yep. me, last week. Um, the Colts, not the same team that they are at home. I like Tampa Bay here. It's gonna be hot. Uh, give me the Bucks. They've been playing good. Give me the Tampa Bay Bucks as well. I, I like how they've been playing lately, and I think they they can continue this momentum that they have going on right now. Uh, Jameis Winston has been playing some solid football. You know, he's he's not turning the ball over nearly as much as he did to start the season. So yeah, I, I I like I like the Bucks to continue to ride this momentum. Give me the Bucks. The Lions travel to Minnesota. Minnesota needs a huge win. They are at home after their loss. It's a short week. You played Monday night. They're facing a Lions team that are very, very, very competitive. Yes. Yet, I'm not sure they can win in a huge game. This is crucial for the Vikings. I think they have the opportunity to go 9-4. and four. Yeah, I, the Vikings are going 9-4. and four. This is a must win for them. They're going against a divisional opponent that they know they, that they, they, they know they can come out of a victory with. And you're right, this Lions team has been playing ultra-competitive. Ultra but with uh, Matt Patricia's uh, game plan going into next season needs to be finished because they have had a troubled time finishing football games this year. They've been right there, but their record could be a lot better than what it is. Um, but uh, I think they play competitive against Minnesota, but I think Minnesota still finds a way to win at the game because Detroit is having a hard time finishing right now. Definitely there for sure. Could this be three straight, Mike? Could this be three straight for a young Dwayne Haskins? Yet this might be his toughest test going into the historic confines that is called Lambeau Field against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers at home. This is even taller for any veteran quarterback, yet alone a young quarterback. Give me the Packers, and they might blow this thing open. Give me the Packers, and I expect them to blow this thing open. I expect Dwayne Haskins to, you know, uh, make make some mistakes and have a lot on film that he can mature from and learn from in this game. Right, All this is for Dwayne Haskins right now, Sebi, is a learning process to continue to, you know, uh, go out there, play, and uh, um, make your mistakes, and then look on film and continue to correct them and get better for next year. And I think that's one of those games where he's going to make a, a few mistakes here and there. And um, he's going to be competitive. He's going to they, they, he's going to possibly help them win this game. But I see the Green Bay Packers uh, coming out because they need this win. They, they're playing for something much bigger than the Washington Redskins. Yeah, definitely there for sure. From there, we go from the Broncos to the Texans. The Texans are playing very good, especially at home. They host the Broncos, who are turning their page to the next season. They're, Deshaun Watson's been playing out of this world, out of his mind. I like the Bulls at home. Sebi, I like the Denver Broncos on the road. I like this I like this Denver team. This Denver team is very competitive, and I was impressed with what I saw from Drew Locke last week against the San Diego Chargers. Uh, give me, the, give me the, the Denver Broncos on the road. I think they, they ride that defense, and I think Drew Locke makes some big plays to win the game on the road. Give me... Give me the Texans. Give me the, the Broncos. And I think the Texans might have a possible, melt, you know, mental meltdown after that uh, very emotional win against the New England Patriots. A lot of great games this week, Buffalo and Baltimore. The next one is the 49ers in New Orleans. This has the opportunity to be a playoff atmosphere vibe. It's in the Superdome. There's a lot of implications here. Saints, they want to keep that one seed in the NFC, but the Niners, they want to have an opportunity to keep that one seed and hopefully have the Seahawks lose a couple games slipping up. 49ers, they just went to Baltimore. 
They got to go to New Orleans. If this game was at Levi Stadium, I would take the Niners, but it's at the Superdome. Drew Brees is very tough to lose there. I like the Saints at home to win by a field goal. I picked Baltimore last week to win by a field goal. It might just take the same thing to beat this Niners team. I hear that. You're absolutely right. I think it's going to take – it's going to be about the same thing against this against this Niners team as well. But give me give me the New Orleans Saints at home because uh, I love Drew Brees at home. I love the way this team plays at home. And I think the crowd noise uh, – I think Jimmy G will struggle a little bit here and there. But I think it's still going to be a competitive football game. But that's going to come down to the wire. But give me give me Drew Brees and this New Orleans Saints team at home. Definitely. They're the Bengals taking on the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland fought, very fought. And they're still in the thick of things of the AFC playoff picture. Obviously, they need help. Tennessee got to lose. Pittsburgh got to lose. And some other teams have to help them out as well. But they're at home at Paul Brown Stadium. The Bengals got their first win. Andy Dalton came back in the lineup. I don't even think that will be enough. Give me the Browns to probably feast in this holiday season at home. Give, give me the Browns to win this game as well. I think Andy Dalton and the Bengals will actually play competitive in this game, but I think it'll come down to the wire, and I think that Baker Mayfield and this Browns team, who's uh, been, who's won, uh, I believe, three out of the last four, is going gonna, is gonna to make amends for that loss against Pittsburgh and, and make things happen. Give me, the, give me the Browns at home. The Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons are old NFC t- South rivalry. Uh, the Falcons losing on Thanksgiving Day. This is a team that you can't really understand. They've been battled with injuries, obviously. But you got Carolina. They've got something to play for. They lost their coach. They're wanting to get the respect of their new head coach in Perry Fuel. I think they're going to play very well. I think they're going to play for him. I like what I've seen from Kyle Allen. And I think M uh, CMC, excuse me, Christian McCaffrey gets loose. Give me the Panthers as a underdog on the road. Give me the Panthers to win as well. I like the Panthers to win this game. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey might go off. You know, he struggled a little bit against the Washington Redskins. And, you know, that offense struggled pretty mightily as well. So give me give me the give me the Carolina Panthers on the road as well. I just don't trust the Atlanta Falcons. Wow. You got the Dolphins and the Jets. Dolphins coming off a huge, huge win. Uh probably the biggest win of their season against the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that was trying to get in. They played the Jets who I don't know what anemic performance they had last week against the Bengals. Dolphins, I know they have a bad record, but they've won three of their last five games. I think this is going to be very competitive, Mike. This is an AFC East rivalry. Both teams know each other. This has all the smellings to be very dangerous. The Dolphins have been playing very well. And you know what? I'm going to go with the Dolphins here. Another Fitzmagic performance. Maybe. I like the Dolphins here. As crazy as it sounds, give me the Dolphins on the road in New York. Sebi, give me the Jets at home, only because I love the way this Jets defense plays at home. Jamal Adams and this, you know, this defense, they they really rise to the occasion when they're playing in MetLife. They have one of the best run defenses in football, and I, I feel like they, they, they're going to make – Miami's going to make this competitive because they've been playing great, fo- great, great football for the past few weeks. And uh, I, I think they're going to make it tough. But um, give me the Jets at home. And I think this is going to be one of the best games of the week, Sebby, as far as, you know, tight back and forth games. I think, I, But give me the Jets at home. Definitely there. You got the Chargers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Chargers, I know it's too late, but December is always Philip Rivers' month. And um, his record is unbelievable in December. They got to go to Jacksonville. Jacksonville, I don't understand what it is. That might have been an $88 million heist that they paid for Nick Foles. They benched him. 
Gardner Minshew may start this week. That might give him a boost. Oof, this is tough. But you know what? I'm going to take the Chargers. Phillip Rivers plays very good in December. Give me the Chargers on the road. I'm going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars at home. I think that, you know, rises to the occasion. You know, coming off the, the, the loss they had against Tampa Bay. On Sunday, I think they, I think they, they continue to hold, hold surge at home, and I think they are motivated to get revenge coming off that loss. And I think they, I think they play competitive and play very well in order to win. Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, at home to win this game. From there, you probably have the game of the week this week. You have Patrick Mahomes in that explosive, explosive offense of the Chiefs. They've got skill position players everywhere. They're going to Foxborough versus. A uh, historically dominant defense, especially uh, a secondary. This is going to be a great chess match. Andy Reid and Bill Belichick, the premier coaches in the NFL. This is always a dandy. Oh, boy. This is tough, Mike. My heart tells me New England, but my head tells me the Chiefs. This is tough. It's in Foxborough, and that is big. It's in Foxborough. I think I'm going to lean towards the Patriots because they're at home, but if when you're paying Patrick Mahomes, you better put up some type of <laughs> numbers on offense. This is tough. But give me New England. Their defense, they play very good at home. I like how they match up against the skill position of the Chiefs. Give me the Patriots. Seppi, give me the Kansas City Chiefs on the road. I, I don't trust this New England offense to put up uh, a good amount of points. Uh, when you playing, when you play against the New England Patriots, if you put up 25 to 30 points, you have a chance to win the ball game big time because – the way the offense is playing, I don't see Tom Brady in this offense uh, being able to put up over 20, 25 points. So, if you give me the Kansas City Chiefs, I think they score about 27 to 30 points. And I don't think uh, Tom Brady in this offense will be able to match it. So, I think the Chiefs will win on the road. Wow, wow. What a huge win. Patrick Mahomes will finally get his first win against Bill Belichick there for sure. The Tennessee Titans going out west to take on the Raiders. That's right. The Raiders probably <laughs> only two uh, uh, home games left for the Raiders before they head to Las Vegas. That's right. Weird, right? The Las Vegas Raiders. That's uh, a tongue twister there. We got to start getting adapted to that. But the Titans, they've been very good on the road. And a huge win against the Colts last week. This, can it be repeated? I think it can. I think defense travels and they have a running game. December, you need a great defense and you need a running game. That is the recipe for success. I like the Titans on the road. I like the Indianapolis. I like the excuse me. I like the um, Oakland. Oakland Raiders at home. I like the Oakland Raiders because they, you know, they're coming off those two games uh, on the road where they, you know, got shellacked against the New York Jets and the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they come back home and they, uh, you know, prove what type of team they they, they they they've been majority of this season, and you know they get back on that with that winning streak. So uh, give me the. Uh, Oakland Raiders at home to win this game. A very tough physical game as well. Yeah, very tough and physical game for these guys for sure. Mike's Pittsburgh Steelers. We're not Pittsburgh Steelers, but it's a huge advocate <laughs> for black and gold. They're going to the desert against Kyler Murray. I thought that would be an interesting game last week. I picked the Cardinals to win, but boy, the Rams really showed out. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers show out. And not only that, they've got some of the best fan base in the country. I think they show up in the desert as well with that fan base. The terrible towers will be there. Give me the Steelers on the road. Give me the Steelers on the road, but it's going to be a home game. You know, in Arizona, you don't give to whenever a big time team comes in, it feels like the road team is the home team. And that's exactly what's going to happen. And 
Arizona. This is gonna, it's going to feel like it's in Pittsburgh, and I think the Steelers are going to treat this like a home game and continue to, you know, ride, ride that wave. And give, so give me the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like how their defense is playing. I, I like them to win this game. Depends you win this game for sure. Sunday night football, huge one, Mike. Sunday night football. It's an old NFC West rivalry. You've got the Seattle Seahawks already now looking at the two seed and on top of the division, the NFC West. They got to go to L.A. Dangerous taking his silence to against the Rams on Sunday night football. This is really interesting, very intriguing. The Rams aren't out of this in the NFC. So that after that huge performance last week, and and this is this is gonna be a tough one, but you know what, Mike? Give me the upset here. Golf threw for four twenty four last week, although being the 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 Arizona Cardinals. But Todd Gurley ran for ninety five, and Robert Woods ran a cut over one hundred and seventy. They're at home historically. That front with the Rams gives Russell Wilson problems, especially Aaron Donald and company. This is a game the Rams know they have to win if they have any chance of their playoff lives being saved give me the rams at home if this was in seattle i would have taken seattle this is in la and i think that the rams get it done i think the rams get it done as well too sebi i think this is their last chance to really show their makeup of a championship team that that they that they showed they were in the nfc last year and i think that uh i think in a big game like this against a divisional opponent They'll be revved up and motivated and ready to go. And I, I expect them to, to, to put on the show and make some big plays and win this football game at home. Give me the Rams to win in the college. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, the division, you can forget about that. Uh, they've already got five losses. But if they want to get into that NFC playoff picture, they need to get a huge win on Sunday night football. I think the Stars will show up there. Monday night, Michael's New York football giants, they're on national uh, TV. And they're playing the Eagles. All right? The Eagles haven't been themselves lately. Uh, with, with Carson Wentz and all that, all those weapons. But as much as I want to take the Giants here, I think the Eagles know they they need to win this game. They're five and seven, and and they're the team that's looking to give me the Eagles on the road. It's gonna be loud. We know how Philly fans are, especially at home, and it's a Monday night game. I like the city of brotherly love to get the win. So you give me the Eagles, and there really isn't much to talk about. I, I, I'm actually surprised this is a Monday night football game. I wouldn't be surprised if before Monday they actually switched this, this <laughs> game with another game to take us off of Monday night football because nobody wants to see this matchup. Sebby, let's just keep it real. My, my New York football giants are playing absolutely pathetic. You know, it's, it's one of those situations where, you know, we're, and it's, a lear, it's a learning curve right now. You know, we're just we're just not the, the team that we want to be right now, and the Philadelphia Eagles are playing for everything. This is their game on the line. They can't lose this game. So give me the Philadelphia Eagles. The to win Philadelphia big. Eagles to win big as well, and that was those were our Week 14 picks. Our Week 14 picks. The NFL season only two weeks left after the Week 14 remaining, and a lot of stuff are going to be shaken off in each conference, the AFC and the NFC for sure. When we come back, we go to the collegiate game, the committee. A lot of things to talk about. With only one week left to make a decision. And it's championship week in every conference inside the studios at WNSC. Hi, I'm Fanny. I'm Cecilia. I'm Joanna. And I'm Alwyn Jr. And we are Precise Tax and Accounting Services in Central Florida. And we would love to give a special thanks to SEBI Podcast Crew for keeping us up to date with everything sports during this busy tax season. Do you find yourself overwhelmed by the changes in our new tax law? 
Or would you just love to have the peace of mind that comes with dealing with a well-informed professional? If so, reach out to us for any of your tax, accounting, or small business needs, and be sure to let us know that SEBI Podcast sent you. Thank you. What's up, everybody? We at it again in Orlando. You know Prada is putting it in. We got Celine Orlando ball, so you know what I mean? We getting ready to do a little dirt out here in Orlando. Had to hit that put, Come on, man. You know what's going down. We also have Boss Engineer that. Don't forget, we got ball and beauty. It's going to be coming out of where we at, where the park, where we at, and we going to flood, flood, flood the streets. Ha! Make sure you get your tickets. DM, Instagram. It got to be on Eventbrite, right? Lord Durkin, you heard what I said. Bossa, 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 engineer that. Bossa, engineer that. Bald and beauty, where we at? When the fuck you heard that? Come on now. Come out there and celebrate. Make sure you come and participate. Hey, you know where Prada Honor is going to be out in Orlando doing the best that I can. I appreciate y'all. Nama, 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 nama. We are back for our last segment today on the studios at WNSC, the Sebi Podcast Radio Show with your host, Sebi, along with Michael Gray here. Our last and final segment today is proud and sponsored by, that's right, Revamp Barbershop. Revamp Barbershop. Ricky Chandler and the entire gang located on the campus of University of Central Florida. All your beards, cuts, edges, facials, you name it, you got it. It might. I, I even got mine earlier on this week. If you're oh, looking to get a nice shape up and you're in the Central Florida area, I might even take you there. Tell them myself or even Mike sent you. And uh, Mike, we shift gears to the college game. And whoo, Mike, <laughs> things are getting <laughs> things are getting tight. You got LSU. You got Ohio State still at number one. Clemson being steady at number three, and UGA being the Bulldogs at number four. And that's your top four this week, and nothing has changed. Do you have any problems with the committee staying with the top four? Not at all. Not for one second. Every, every team you know, deserves the same top four we had last week deserves to still be here, and everybody handles their business as according. Accordingly, you know, we got some big games coming up this week that will determine a lot. But um, I, I'm all in all, I'm well. I'm good with the uh, the one to four, and I'm also good with the fact that Utah jumped up to five. That's right. That's right. Utah now being the top Pac-12 team this uh, uh, this week, along with Oklahoma. Oklahoma, I thought they were dead in the water. <laughs> all of a sudden, they got some help, and now they're in contention, Mike. So now all of a sudden, you got your top six, and um, – and now it's championship week. So biggest games this week, you got number four, Georgia, mm-hmm. against number two, LSU. That's going to be in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Uh, this is a game for the SEC title game. If Georgia were to win, I think they would probably move up probably two spots, maybe get to that two seed. Maybe LSU drops four, or even one of those other teams get in. But I think... Obviously, LSU can afford a, a loss here. I, I don't think Georgia can because if, if they do, they'll be outside looking in. The Pac-12 championship, you've got Oregon going against Utah in the Pac-12. Utah getting a chance to get in. They say, America, if we <laughs> we win and Georgia lose, we deserve to get in. But Lincoln Riley's team is also there as well. 
because Oklahoma has to play Baylor again in the Big 12 game, uh, a Big 12 championship game early on this year. You know what happened. They were down 25, and Jalen Hurts engineered that drive starting in the third quarter to come back. So a lot of big games and a lot of implications. Mike, my thing to you is this. At the end of next week, who will be in the top four? My top four will be LSU, Ohio State, Clemson. And I'm wow. I'ma say I'ma say Utah, Sevy. Wow. I'ma say Utah. Because I don't see Georgia beating LSU for the SEC championship. And I think of how I think the biggest key to for that is how LSU is gonna beat them. You know, if if Georgia possibly makes it a close game and it's a dog fight and it looks like it's a battle between, you know, either team could have won it, then I think Georgia stays top four. If LSU goes in there and they dominate and they win by, you know, double digits, multiple touchdowns here and there, I could see Georgia moving out of that uh, number four and possibly Utah moving up depending on if they win their conference championship in the Pac-12. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I, I, I see the, those being my four teams, Utah, because I see uh, Utah winning the Pac-12, and I see Georgia losing in the SEC championship by more wow. than, you know. That is huge, up. Mike. That is absolutely huge. So the Utes out there, the Pac-12, all these years they're saying that we never get any recognition. Oh, yeah. They would get a chance to win. My top four would be, I think, LSU dips to number one because obviously beating Georgia and one of the teams in the top four, I think that would be – a little bit ahead of Ohio State. Yeah. Um, so I think they'll go one. I think Ohio State stays at two and Clemson at three. But you're ready for this drum roll, Mike. I think Georgia loses, obviously. I think Oregon knocks off Utah as an uh, upset in the Pac-12. And I think Oklahoma gets it done against Baylor a second time. That would mean Lincoln Riley and Jalen Hurts team get in that last final spot. W- Mayhem the last day of the college week and championship week. I think that's what happens. Sebi, you see Oregon possibly getting in with two losses? No, 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 no. I think Oklahoma gets in one loss. Oklahoma, got you. Okay. Yes, because that would mean Georgia would have two losses. Right. Right, because obviously they lost to South Carolina. Yeah. Obviously, Oregon would beat Utah in the title game in the Pac-12, meaning that Obviously, they would play spoiler, and I think Oklahoma beats Baylor a second time in the Big 12 title game. Gotcha. And I think that's how they get in. Uh, That would create mayhem on the last day for the committee because they wouldn't know who to pick. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't. And then you put Jalen Hurts back in the conversation of, you know, possibly uh, bringing the national championship home. You know, he's going to be motivated uh, coming to his new team and stuff. So that's that's major right there, Sebi. That's major. Yeah, and this this would probably be the matchups you would have um, in one semifinal, one national semifinal, LSU versus Oklahoma, you want offense, you're going to get all the offense you want. And oh, then man. you're going to have Ohio State against Clemson. Mike, a lot of teams not talking about Clemson. Uh, Dabo Suni came out this week and they said that their haters are talking because they don't want to see us in. Uh, with all the noise that they're talking about LSU and Ohio State, slowly and steady, I know Clemson hasn't played anybody, but they've been dominant. And they're still the defending champs. I think the defending champs, they may have a chip on their shoulder because there's teams that are saying they would take Ohio State or LSU against them. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, but based on the competition that they played, that other teams have played compared to Clemson have played, you know, you you have to understand why people have Clemson, you know, kind of questionable as far as where they are. But at the same time, they are are what their record is. 
you know, they haven't lost a game this year. And then, you know, they have been dominant against subpar competition, but that's not their fault. They get they got to play the game. And, you know, Clemson has been always been a team that plays subpar competition and then turns it up and they continues that bad. momentum. You know, yeah, right, exactly. Continues that momentum when they have to play face tough competition. So this is nothing new for Clemson. This is this is a, right down their alley. You know, this is around the time of the year where they start playing tougher competition, some of the best teams in the country, and they prove why they're in that conversation. So this is this is not this is not foreign territory for them. They will respond to the moment, and they understand that when once you get into college football playoffs, you control your own destiny, and that and that's what they intend to do. Something tells me, Mike. This Clemson team is dangerous still. Yeah. They get <laughs> something tells you this. Obviously, they've heard the noise. They they've been playing subpar competition all week, probably all year. Excuse me. Probably their biggest game this year might have been against Texas A and M. Um, even if that, because Texas A and M had a poor uh, season. But even besides that, you know, they've just been quietly under the radar and i think if they were to get in a position to cause football playoffs do you want to have ryan day do you want to have ed orgeron who's an exceptional coach for lsu or if you want to have lincoln riley because dabo has done it and he's gotten it done so clemson would be a very dangerous team in a three seed and that's dangerous for any national title team to have a chip on their shoulder yeah sure was i mean you know just when you, when you talk about these great players on the field, you know, the, it's, it's, it's nothing. It means absolutely nothing if you don't have a great coach to put them in position to be successful. And that's exactly what all of these coaches are doing. And, you know, hats off to them. They, they're they showing why they're in the top four conversation because of what they're able to do, you know, with these kids and putting them in positions and making bringing the best out of them. Uh, last, last thoughts before we leave here, Mike. What do you make of Ohio State beating down on their rivals, obviously, Michigan and Ohio State was the biggest game last week, the marquee matchup in the last regular season game of the college season. Obviously, you know, Michigan makes it tough early, but J.K. Dobbins, I mean, this guy is really good. I know Justin Fields get a lot of the praise, but he had four touchdowns total, three on the ground. And then, of course, Justin Fields, what he's done. This Ohio State offense looks explosive. They've been explosive all year. So beating down Michigan. Mike, how they did, and this is eight straight now. They beat Michigan State for eight straight years. Yeah. The Wolverines. Um, so John Harbaugh, he's in the hot seat. And I'm not sure if he'll return, but what do you make of Ohio State as they look probably a sure lot to get in the college football playoffs? They're definitely a sure lot to get into the college football playoffs because they're one of the most complete teams in college football right now. Offensively, defensively, top to bottom, they have superstars uh, on, on both sides, and they're they're superstars. They're big time players are playing like superstars. You know, J.K. Dobbins is on a tear. You know, Justin Fields is playing tremendous football right now. And then you got Chase Young on the defensive side. Yeah, he, he didn't have the biggest the biggest game numbers-wise against Michigan, but, you know, at the same time, he still made a lot of plays that won't go in the stat sheet. So th- this is one of those games, one of those teams that, you know, they have everything you need at every level, position-wise, uh, leadership-wise, from the players' players' position and from the coach's standpoint, that can get them over the hump. That's set up to be a championship team, and that they put themselves in great position. Sebi, all they've done this year is shown that you have to beat this team for four quarters. Yes, you could look good in the first quarter. Yes, you might be able to look good through two quarters, but can you can can you compete with this team physically and uh, through four quarters? And nobody's shown that they can do that this year so far. 
And uh, we saw that again this Sunday against the Michigan team that, like you said, hasn't beaten them since 2011. Uh, so Ohio State is one of the more complete teams in college football, and we get to sh- they, they get to show it in the college football playoffs and especially this week in, in the championship game. Yeah, definitely there for sure. Ohio State, the Buckeyes looking to win their first national title since Ezekiel Elliott and, of course, Urban Meyer in 2015 after they took down Oregon with Marcus Mariota in that national title game there for sure as well. And thank you, folks. This is what we had tonight on the Sebi Podcast radio show, whatever you are. When you're listening on air or online, the Sebi Podcast Show is wherever you go. And for myself and Mike, we're saying so long from now inside the studios of WNSC. You've missed some of our recordings or some of our episodes? Have no fear. The Sebi Podcast experience is still here. You can check us out at our website at sebipodcast.info. Again, that is sebipodcast.info for any of our audio segments on Spotify and iTunes and some of our streaming visuals on our YouTube website and links there at sebipodcast.info, some cool merch. If you want to DM us and send us all of your email requests, we'll be sure to get them here on the Sebi Podcast Experience. And remember, folks, whether you're listening on air or viewing online, Sebi Podcast is wherever you go. And that is the slogan.